am very excited to introduce my next guest. He is an entrepreneur, product innovator, and intuitive. We're going to get into the wellness industry and spirituality in the current climate of COVID-19. Please welcome Noah Berman. Hi, Noah. Hi, how's it going? Good. It's great. As good as it can be. How are you? Good. Enjoying my COVID-19 staycation all day, every day. Nice. Mm-hmm. Groundhog Day? What's that? <laughs> Groundhog Day. It's every day is, is another level of illumination that, uh-huh. you know, has some similar elements from the day before. <laughs> I love it. Well, I always begin the conversation with the question, what do you believe? I believe that, you know, just as quickly as things shifted into a contracted energy state, they can shift into an expanded energy state in ways that we don't expect and can surprise us. And that um, I've experienced what I consider miracles and that they're possible. I love that. So when you say contract, are we in a contracted energy state currently? I think like, you, like I perceive it as such. I think like, I don't want to judge it, but I think that like, you know, there's tangible evidence that would say, yes, we are because in terms of like, you know, our financial health, our emotional health, you know, different spheres of consciousness, like people do not seem to be doing as well as they were before, right? I mean, I think that it's a way to reconcile and look at ourselves more, and I see a lot of light coming out of it, but um, in the moment, it is quite painful and confronting for a number of individuals. Yeah. It is. Um, I agree, and there's good and bad that's that's coming out of this, Um, you know. It's, it's, it's trying to keep positive every day. And, and I'm really loving being my own best friend, but even that has its challenges sometimes because it, it, it can get very lonely. Yeah. Um, you know, as we both are in our places, you're in Los Angeles, I'm in New York. Mm-hmm. And um, thankfully we have Skype. Mm-hmm. I'm curious during this time of, of COVID wellness, as you being in the wellness industry um, is more important than ever. Mm-hmm. Before we even get into the, the science of supplements and what we should be putting into our bodies, I'm just curious what this time means for wellness in general. And what do you see the wellness industry adjusting and changing to? I think that people are understanding wellness from a broader lens and not every era of area of our life really relates to it right so our financial health our relationships really inform our well-being and our emotional health which really informs our physical health so i think that people are seeing how that all relates not just on an individual level but also on a macro macro level and how the individual can relate to the whole so if we look at where we're really suffering it has to do in many ways with our medical system and how it's structured and with our financial system and how that's structured that actually not making a certain level of collective well-being a priority has harmed us as individuals and I feel that 
we are being shown a very clear portrayal of that, which presents a call to action if we choose to answer the call. Mm. So a call to action would look like what? I think that every person making choices to come from a more inclusive and sharing place so that um, we can reshape and shift society after this. Okay. I mean, I absolutely agree. I mean, it, it's, you're right. I mean, it's wellness is not just for, you know, for a certain group of people and either is healthcare and either is all of that. And it, you're right. It should be universal and it should be, you know, accessible to every single person. I mean, there's an argument that a lack of access to medicine you know, in, in a way is a form of eugenics, right? Because if you look at the latest research, poverty, even in one generation, can affect gene expression, what they call their epigenetics and how genes turn on or off. So if being in a state of poverty is affecting your genes, you're basically not providing medical care to someone based on their genetic information, mm. which is highly controversial. Yes. Wow. So with your, your company, Higher Mind, what are you doing to sort of, I mean, talk to, talk to me about how you're, you know, what's your stance on, on what you said, having a wellness company? I think that that's really where we're differentiated in terms of how we operate our ethos and that other businesses in the space, especially around brain health, are very performance driven and where it provides for you as an individual. And I really think the value offer for us is how transforming yourself as an individual helps transform the whole, which has some kind of intrinsic reward. So we really want to focus on our messaging and content around that and provide ways digitally for people to feel like they're able connect as well as offline when that becomes a possibility again. But I think that it's it, why you do what you do informs how you do what you do. So I think for us, our intention around it has comes from a really um, authentic place. Mm. I got into the space because I had health issues and lost 100 pounds and really derived a lot of joy and meaning out of working with people on their health because it feels like it's a way to keep what I have to share it. And I feel that my partners as well are just very benevolent and loving people that want to do good in the world and that we've found a way to, which I'm really grateful for. And I, I think it just comes down to like your intention will, um, you know, with the right execution will inform the expression of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that we had a lot of learnings with our uh, pilot that's really informing the formal launch in a way we're really excited about that is more relevant to what's going on because we, we are moving into powder, powdered products, which just makes it so much more accessible and affordable. Yeah. You know, viable for people, yeah. you know, because, that, you know, we, we, to really reflect what we believe in, you know, the product was too expensive for most people to use consistently and that didn't feel right. That's incredible. So for people who don't know, you have a company called Higher Mind Life. 
Yeah. Tell us kind of like the short bit about it, just in terms of what what your ethos is. I mean, you explained to you know a bit about it, but in terms of it's not just brain health; it's it's a holistic approach to wellness. Yeah, and I think you know the brain really informs our whole experience and our body, um, and all our organ systems are very interrelated. So. Mm. Um, we really looking at other kind of subcategories and wellness that it connects to that we feel are relevant and people are needing is immune health and mood. And so it's kind of an angle of how supporting mood brain health can inform your mood ultimately. Yeah. Um, right. Because certain levels of inflammation or, mm-hmm. or um, ill health can affect how you feel ultimately. Um, then with immunity, the brain actually has its own immune system that, that helps inform, interconnect, and regulate with our body's immune system. And finding ways to support and nourish that we thought was really important. So That's we cool. have, you know, an expanded assortment of, of multiple types of options that we're coming out with, as well as magnesium. We thought that magnesium was such a great yeah. ingredient that almost all of us could get more of that uh, we notice a real difference when pe- people were doing kind of a magnesium brain field product that has uh, magnesium and one other ingredient that is naturally in the brain to really help help um, people kind of get everything they need. That's uh, great. I, I'm a, I take magnesium every day. I think it's great. And I do, I, take it in gummies. And I've also tried your powder project products, which you sent to me. Thank you so much. Um, and I tried the turmeric latte in my oatmeal, which was amazing. And I tried the matcha latte and I have a few other, which was great too, in oat milk. Um, I warmed up the oat milk and that was so good. Um, and I'm going to try the other ones that you sent me, but so far it's like, awesome and I can't wait for you to to hit when when is it going to come when is it hitting stores when can we buy it I mean I would suspect probably about six weeks eight weeks at most because we're just you know finalizing contracts with the manufacturer now yeah you know the formulas are pretty much done right yeah super excited so through your through your you mentioned earlier you know how you you know got into wellness and and because you you had an autoimmune disease. I think I remember um, about telling me that this before that you were you were overweight and you got into wellness, and that that sort of informed your journey. I mean, I'm just curious, like in terms of you know, because it could be kind of confusing because I think for young people, you know, not everyone can be a vegan. You know, not everyone can be you know, a, a very strict certain diet. So do you think like the wellness industry should be sort of informing younger people that, you know, what's good for them may not be good for the rest of the generation? I mean, how, what do you, what do you see? What's your viewpoint on that? Because you were young and you changed your diet at a very young age. And I'm just curious what your point of view is. I think, you know, I have a very mixed relationship with veganism because I really think that that's how I lost a hundred pounds. And I think that it really transformed my health. And I think I was having way too much animal product, which was really inflammatory. And because it worked so well for me, I stayed on it for a really long time, like over a decade. And um, I 
didn't really gain the weight back. I would fluctuate a little bit here and there, but kept off a hundred pounds. You know, the reality was I was so afraid to try anything else because that worked for me and it's all I knew, but I was developing health issues, you know, especially toward the end of it where I just wasn't really holding on to muscle mass. It was very tired. I had a lot of cavities, you know, and, um, almost everyone when I started having animal product, I was like, you look better. I felt so much better. I had such low iron levels, different things. And, you know, if you look at just like our diet and what you can and can't get from a vegan diet, there are certain things you actually cannot get from a vegan diet. Um, You know, iron you can get, but it's very hard to get. You have to eat like bags of kale every day type thing to really get what's required and it's not as readily absorbable in certain people genetically. It's very hard to absorb from plants. And then B12, you simply cannot get from a vegan diet. Even foods like Moringa and Spirulina that have it, they don't actually lower the biomarkers that show that we're absorbing it, which are called MMA or methylmalonic acid levels. So there's no plant-based option that's proven to have B12. And then also there are several amino acids that um, are considered non-essential, but are still indicated for brain health um, that you can only get through animal products. Like creatine is one. Carnosine is another. Carnitine is very hard or not almost impossible to get from a plant-based diet. So these types of things that um, really help with muscle health, brain health, dopamine production, um, we still need animal products. Now, I think that having too much animal product, especially poor quality or a lot of red meat is really indicated in um, heart disease and aging process, inflammation. I really think we don't need that much and we don't need it every meal or even necessarily every day. But I do think that um, we definitely evolved the omnivores and to completely eliminate it long-term can create a lot of health issues especially without very careful supplementation. I agree. And that worries me about younger people thinking that a vegan diet is, of course, they're, they, for whatever reason you're vegan, whether it's you're, you're against cruelty of animals or you just don't like the taste of it. But I I don't think most people like really want animals to suffer. I don't think most people are thinking about, wanting animals to suffer. I think people are eating meat for other reasons, cultural, how they grew up, they like the taste, they feel a certain way, whatever it is. And the reality is, as a society, we're eating way too much meat, It's and it's bad for our health, and it's terrible for the environment. So there's a huge pendulum and a huge push in the other direction where we just have a, a very strong force of influential people in media and finance who have really helped shepherd in and push more awareness around plant-based lifestyle, which I think um, overall has done more good than harm, but has also created harm because a lot of people are diving all into completely plant-based in a way that are creating health issues. That, and I don't think people are understanding that the implications of it or um, people are maybe holding on to a fully vegan diet based on their moral standpoint as opposed to what's best for their physical body. And I think there are ways to be more conscious and more ethical and buy the best quality available um, 
and still do what's right for you. And it doesn't mean you need to use a lot of it. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I didn't have a great experience when I was vegan. So I, I, you know, I speak to that as someone who has tried and it did not go well for me. (laughs) I got very- What happens also as a vegan diet, it's very hard not to go toward a lot of grains. You know, you can do it. I've done like a pretty much grain-free vegan diet, but like grains um, are a really great protein source. Right. Uh, but they also can interfere with like managing blood sugar levels, you know? So mm-hmm. th- it's that's one of the things that's hard about it, you know? It's like you can end up having a lot of grains. Um, I mean, I've seen so many people, you know, I'm gluten-free because so I have to be, but I've seen so many people, you know, they pig out in gluten-free pasta all the time. You know, which yeah. is kind of the same thing, but I've seen so many people who are like vegans are just like eating mac and cheese with you know tapioca cheese all day, and it's like that's not really working out. That's not like a healthy diet. No, it's I mean it's not in any way. No, not at all. Mac and cheese. I mean, every day. No way. Um. Wow. Well. Okay. So just if you're going to be vegan, be vegan responsibly. Yeah, no, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. You can, you know, I have plenty of people I know and love who've done decades of completely vegan diet. Just supplement in yeah. the proper way. That's what I mean by responsibly. Exactly. Just yeah. know, know the right supplements to take to take care of your body. Order, you know, good quality B12, not a pill. Get a, a, a dissolvable one under the tongue so it crosses blood barrier, blood brain barrier more easily and order creatine and carnosine, you know, and and probably, you know, try to get a good, what's called chelated iron. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is C-H-E-L-A-T-E. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So I have, I'm, I'd love to sort of get into the more spiritual side of things. And I'm curious what, what your take is in the current COVID time of COVID, you know, people, if, if people are not getting something out of this and learning something, I don't know, I, I, what's your take on why, why this is happening and, and where do we go from here? I mean, I don't necessarily feel like we were headed in like the best direction before this happened because our values were not in the right place as a society is reality. I just think we're mostly focused on consumerism, right? And ultimately already isolated in a lot of ways. And I can't say, I think it would be a great amount of hubris to say that I understand or know exactly why something's happening where so many people are suffering and dying and want to be really sensitive about that because um, it's easy for me to sit here and be like, everything's happening for a reason, but like, if someone's watching this at home and their mom died, that you know, it's hard to feel like there's reason. I think that yes. ultimately this is a classroom and that it's a very temporary energy state and that we learn what we need to while we're here for a period of time. It's an opportunity for a lot of people, you know, who are transitioning to pass if they feel like on a spiritual level, they've learned what they've needed to on this plane is kind of how I see it. I do think spiritually things are a choice. And on some level, like if people are moving through that there's a spiritual reason why, um, 
And I think that, you know, we'll probably sustain life on the human planet for longer because the human life on the planet for longer because of reduction of pollution and burning of fossil fuels with coronavirus. So I think that um, in other ways, it's helping create balance and harmony, redefining our values, deepening self-intimacy, moving out of a sense of needing or lacking others and more of a sense of what you have to give and fill others with, right? Focusing more on solution-oriented things. I think that business and professionally, things that aren't focused on people's pain um, in a way that's poignant and relevant to coronavirus is not going to be well-received. I think the last thing most people want is to be marketed to in a traditional way right now because it feels alien. Mm. Yeah. I think if you have a billion dollars in the bank, um, you wouldn't be buying Louis Vuittons right now. Uh, You know, it's simply because it's a Reeve Goshen away. It's just, it feels out of touch, not with the times. Yes. You know, you want to feel connected to the people. And, And when you have... 20 plus million people out of jobs already you know how do you feel like you're in the pulse of that and your heart's with it right yeah it's true i mean i i definitely feel sometimes the the weight of all of the the worry and 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 the hardship and what this planet is going through and the people i mean it's it's just it's it's overwhelming um And, and you're right. I mean, how, how are, how are we sensitive to, to that and yet still, you know, have a business? You know, I don't have an answer other than that businesses need to iterate and evolve and, and be able to adapt and change to these types of things. But that the businesses that really are going to see are ones that are focused on, um, giving back and helping others or that are essential for a period of time Um, because this is a situation that is ongoing. It's not ending anytime soon. Right. Right. It's, I mean, obviously not because we don't have a vaccine and it's highly contagious. You know, just because we're not quarantining like, you know, a couple, a month from now doesn't mean that this thing's going away. Like it's not. Exactly. Yeah. Right. It's a new way. It's a new way of living. I mean, when we have a vaccine that's like widespread and mandatory, like I think that will make things, you know, more um, palatable and that will be able to work within and operate in cities in a way that's more um, integrated. But, you know, I, I think that pushing a vaccine to the market that fast also is ethical issues and that we don't really know the side effects long-term if you're getting it out that fast. And I think that having a gap for that long in society, people will adapt in a way that informs culture indefinitely. Once you have a whole year of kids going to school remotely, it could be, you know, once coronavirus is tamed that kids are always going to school remotely or that they get the choice to do it one day a week or whatever. We don't really know because people are so used to living that way. They can't integrate fully or there's actually a reduction in our cost savings to have more remote work. So I think certainly companies and, and 
even the way we educate and learn may change, which means, you know, pros and cons for different people, depending on how their life is structured and what they're living in, ultimately. Right. Wow. A lot to to think about. Thank you, Noah. This was incredibly enlightening. I really appreciate your time. Of course. Well, namaste. Namaste. I appreciate you having me and sending you positive energy. Thank you. Likewise.